Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. I wholly, wholly identify with this week's Beatitude. It's from Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I've taken several personality tests from Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram to spiritual and strengths finders. And invariably, the word peacemaker or stabilizer always seems to pop up for me. I'm also born in October, and I'm a Libra, and they're supposed to be about agreeable and seek balance. So, But maybe your personality is different. And maybe peace for you is just kind of a myth or a cliché. What exactly is peace, and how can it be achieved? Gandhi once said, if you want to change the world, start with yourself. Can this same correlation also apply to realizing a state of peace in a world that's beset with divisiveness and separation? If external peace is only possible when rooted in individual inner peace, what steps can you take to be an activator of peace? in your circle of influence. The Apostle Paul, he gave us the following idea for you to consider about it. It's from Colossians 1.20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So how can we achieve peace? One of the things I truly enjoyed doing when I was in high school was seeing how fast I could get my Chevy Nova from zero to 60. I would take my stopwatch, and as I would click on that button, I would just smash my foot down on the accelerator and see how long it would take me to go from zero to 60. You know, I think a lot of times, we find this idea of going from zero to 60 in, captured in the eye of our emotions. When you think about, for example, the emotion of anger, we can be just sitting there idling softly in our minds or at peace. But sometimes what can happen externally of us is almost as if someone is taking their foot and just smashing that accelerator and taking us from zero to 60. And our feelings can go so quick. I, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the areas that I find this in particular is driving. It's amazing to me how quickly I can be just at peace and then someone will do something and then I immediately can just go whoop, and I can feel that inside myself. I don't know about you, but other times I can feel it sit in a grocery line. I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting to get my goods and check out. And then the line, for some reason that I choose, stalls. And I gotta wait and wait. And I can, instead of going from zero to 60 real quick, it's almost like this low slimmer that, simmer that's starting to build. 
Ask yourself, over the last year to year and a half, have you found your starting point, your idling point, to slowly have shifted? So, for example, perhaps right now, instead of being like at a three or a four, that you kind of have that sense of peace and tranquility, and to get to, to all-out anger takes a lot longer for you in the past. Have you noticed that maybe since COVID that you've seen it shift over and maybe now you're like at a five or six? And so to get upset about something, to get frustrated about something and not even have to voice it out loud, but you feel it inside? Have you noticed that shift over and it takes less for us to be triggered? If that's true for you, you're not alone. Some people think that one of the reasons why we're experiencing this is a form of trauma that we have gone through over the last year and a half. When we have been told consistently that our life is at risk or the life of someone that we love and care for is at risk if they get COVID. And so there's this angst that continues to reside within us to keep ourselves and those that we love safe. And then when we see other individuals who aren't using the same measures that we're using to stay safe, it begins to tr trigger us. But unfortunately, that is rolling over into other areas of our lives. If you look at the amount of crime, the crime rate that is going up, the individuals who are being murdered is going up. Could it be that we have lost our starting point when it comes to a sense of peace? If it's true, then we should not be surprised that this is what happens in human beings. Some individuals, sociologists, and those who study evolution actually believe that it is against our nature to be peaceful. Now, you may disagree, and scholars do disagree with each other when it comes to that, but there's this idea that to be peaceful and to have that state is not necessarily the norm for us. The challenge is, as many of us are finding, is that when we get triggered, we tend to stay there longer. So instead of getting angry and then letting it go, we tend to get angry and then we ride there for a while so with this shift taking place, this beatitude has real meaning for us today. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now this idea of having peace and making peace is not new. We see it on the grand scale. More and more individuals are talking about being at peace with the world the earth itself. And many people believe that if we would strive for that, that all the various forms of peace would take care of themselves. That with all the violence that we are doing to one another and not being aware about how that's impacting our world is having a significant impact. And in particular, we can see this in the areas of climate change how our decisions and our use of violence is hurting and creating a lack of peace between ourselves and the earth. 
There are other individuals who have in the past and continue to strive for world peace. They are willing to ignore those who say that's an impossibility. So they continue to strive for that. They continue to work for world peace because they believe that eventually, as human beings, we will come together and as nations, we will come together and set aside our differences and work for a common good. There are other individuals who say, but we can never have peace on that large of a scale if we're not willing to step back and do it at a smaller area. And that smaller area could be within many people called their circles of life. Having a sense of peace with your neighbors, with those that you work with, those that you, in your spiritual community, that you belong to. And for some people, just having a sense of peace within your own family. So many individuals say that before we could ever have peace with the earth and peace as nations, we have to be able to have peace with those that surround us. But ultimately, and I would agree with those individuals who say that any form of external peace cannot exist unless first and foremost, we have a sense of inner peace. Where we're comfortable with ourselves. That we're at peace with who we are. Not only all the aspects of our personality and character, but also our relationship to other people. And so they would argue that before there can ever be any form of external peace, we've got to look within oneself. And some people believe that the reason why we are not at peace with ourselves is because we are not at peace with God. And if we could somehow become at peace with God, then we could be at peace within ourselves and then in turn with those around us. That's why this text in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 is so important to some people. It says, and again, it says, and through Jesus, God came to reconcile all things to God's self by making peace through the blood of his cross, through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So many people will use texts such as these for the argument that the reason why we lack this inner peace is because we need to be reconciled with God. That there is this separation, there is this division between us and God. Many denominations refer to that as original sin. It's not something necessarily that you do. It's just a state of being that you arrived here on this planet with. That you are separate from God because of a story that happened thousands of years ago. And that created this separation, this chasm between you and God. And the only way to have that restored is through Jesus Christ having died for your sins. And so to be a peacemaker is to be restored to your relationship with Jesus. And then 
to go out and restore other people to God. So to be a peacemaker is first and foremost about the spiritual. That is an idea that today I'm not quite comfortable with. I have difficulties with this idea of original sin and that somehow we are separate from God and that some kind of reconciliation needs to take place. Many times I wonder if the reason why, if there is any chasm between us and God, it's because of the way that we understand God. It's the image that we have of God, a picture that we have of God, a view of God, that down deep inside is one that perhaps we're uncomfortable with. A relationship that may be even built upon fear, a sense of anxiety. Am I right with God? So ultimately, when I die, I end up on the right side of the scales. But I wonder if the real core to inner peace can be found in one of the teachings of Jesus, where Jesus in the Gospel of John prays for people to be one. Let me explain. As human beings, we have a wide variety of emotions. Our emotions can come and go randomly. We really, if we, let's be honest, we, we don't have a lot of control when those emotions come. They just happen to us. Where we do have a say is what we do with those emotions. And so, for example, if you feel anger, or if you even feel a stronger form of anger, and it manifests itself in hatred toward other people, if you feel that inside, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just simply who we are. But the challenge comes is when you hold on to that emotion, when you grasp onto it and you allow it to fester inside of yourself. And rather than realizing that it's kind of like a wave at the ocean, that it will come, it will crash, and then the tide will take it and it will ebb back out. But instead, when we feel that anger, we hold on to it. And we allow our thoughts to become invested in that emotion. And it becomes a part of us, and it takes away our inner peace. There are emotions that will rob you of your inner peace. And you get to decide how you're going to deal with those emotions. That's part of what it means to be a human being. But just as there are emotions that can take and force us out of this sense of inner peace, there are also emotions that can foster a sense of inner peace. There are emotions that come up that if we allow them to be there, and if we sit with those emotions, it can actually create a deeper sense of well-being within ourselves, and then in turn with other people. And one of the most powerful emotions that you and I have as part of what it means to be a human being is compassion. 
the vast majority of mammals depend upon another being for their well-being. It's called mother, mothers. It is the mother typically who provides care and affection for this newborn, and let's say, for example, a newborn child. Studies have shown again and again that when chi children are raised in an atmosphere where there is care for them, where their needs are met, where there's a sense of affection, that they grow up with a greater sense of who they are inside, a greater sense of self. And so when they receive compassion from other people, that manifests itself and they begin to feel that for themselves. And it creates that inner peace. But unfortunately, what happens as mammals age, they are not as easily receptive to affection and care. And over time, we realize that being aggressive might actually work better to get what we want at the end. And so instead of having compassion and affection and care for other people, we may in turn begin to feel this sense of aggression. So easy to explain why children on a pl playground will bully each other because it's their way of establishing what they want. And rather than being kind to one another, they find that if they're aggressive toward another person, if they can use perhaps even a little bit of violence toward another person, they may get what they want quicker. One of the devices that we have so readily available to us as a form of aggression is the horn. You know, the one on your car. I find it fascinating that I ask myself, as I listen to someone honk their horn, I ask myself, how aggressive might they be feeling right now? There are some people that all they do is just tap it. It's a way of warning other people, hey, I'm here. But then there's other people that something happens and their hand just literally gets stuck there. And the horn just blasts and blasts. And you wonder if it becomes a way in which people have this lack of inner peace, this aggression that they're manifesting toward other people. And we find that as a society, we have walked away over time as we age from what it is we really need. Each and every one of you, doesn't matter how old or young you are, enjoy feeling affection from other people. A kind word, a touch, a hug, to know that someone cares about you, it enhances how we see ourselves and the quality of our life. 
And we need that. And when we realize that other people need that, it begins to change. One individual in particular captures this idea. Dr. Susan Smalley says the following, the evolution of peaceful behavior seems to go against our biology as human beings. With metabiological experiences, such as self-transcendence, what does that mean? Self-transcendence is the ability to be able to move beyond yourself. Instead of just focusing upon what it is you want, what it is you need, you're able to transcend and think about other people. You become aware of other people. You begin to identify with other people. She goes on to say, such as self-transcendence, the arbitrary nature of the self as separate from others is brought into awareness. In an individualistic society, it is so easy to see yourself as distinct from everyone else. And what's most important in your life tends to be very self-focused. But she says occasionally we have these transcendent moments where we realize that we are far more than just one person. She goes on and says, in these experiences, the dependent nature of humans to one another and the planet are brought into consciousness. You realize you need other people. You need other people in different degrees in your life. Not only to survive, someone to make sure that the electricity gets to your house, someone that will be there at the pharmacy to fill your prescriptions. Not only for that, but for your inner self, you need to feel like you belong. That there's other people in your life that care about you. Here's where I find it fascinating. Actions stemming from self-transcendent understanding are bound to be ones of non-violence. When you see yourself connected to other people, intertwined with other people, we tend to be nonviolent. Why? Because hurting another human being is like hurting oneself. From this awareness of our independent nature, compassion arises and compassionate decision-making is a guiding principle of peace. Now, that's fascinating that Dr. Smalley came up with this. But I look in the Gospels and I realize that there were other individuals who had this same understanding. And one of them was Jesus. And so when the writers of the Gospels were telling the stories about Jesus, they included ideas such as when you do it unto the least of one of these, you do it unto me. Jesus tells a story about on the judgment where he says, when I was hungry, 
you didn't give me anything to eat. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. And the response is, well, Jesus, we never saw you. We never saw you in prison and visited you. And Jesus says, what you do to others, you've done to me. I think Jesus saw this sense of interdependence, this sense that we all are in this together. And when you feel that, it brings compassion out of you. Because to be compassionate to another person is really to be compassionate to yourself. Paul. Paul talked about this idea when he said that humanity is a lot like a, a human body. And that there are parts of it. And each and every one of you are a part of this body of humanity. And before you think too highly of yourself, realize that the smallest part of your body is just as necessary as the part that tends to get all the attention. The ancients understood that as human beings, we are on this journey together. And when we grasp that, that sense of compassion actually grows. And that feeling of inner peace becomes more and more rooted into who we are. Think about that. The next time you find yourself becoming impatient or angry or perhaps even violent toward another person, science and Jesus would tell us it's like doing the same thing to yourself. And that's, again, why many people believe that if we are ever going to have peace, peace with the earth, peace with nations, among nations, peace within the circles that of our life, we first have to find a sense of inner peace within ourselves. Blessed are the peacemakers. For that's what it means to be a child of God. That's what it means to be a follower of the life of Jesus. May you this week find that connection and may you allow a sense of deep peace within yourself so that you can be more compassionate to all those that you come in contact with. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.